Okay, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Ross, introduce the guest, man. We have Ireland's first ever UFC fighter, Tom the Tank Egan. Tom, how are you doing? Still I'm a tank. Brand, yeah. <laughs> Still a tank, Tom. I had to double flex for that uh, that intro, you know. Uh you're more than more than welcome. Tom, how are things? How is life over in Boston? Um a lot better than what's going on in Ireland, that's for sure. Uh, you know, I mean, and I don't mean to rub that in in any way, but uh, you know, things are things are picking up over here now again. You know, they just uh March first, they opened the restaurants hundred percent capacity still with the social distance stuff going on and um but you can just there's, there's that feeling in the air now people are just kind of you know the vaccines are rolling out um and you know people are trying to get back to normality it's a, it's a beautiful day the last two days here people are out and about you know just kind of getting on with life which is nice so we're um we're starting to reach you know somewhat normality here i don't know if that's exactly the the premise of the question maybe you were looking for there or the answer but i mean in terms of my own personal life i mean things in boston couldn't have been better i'm very blessed um to have you know the journey that i've had to be here in boston um and to have the things that i have going on but uh but i mean i can only imagine that when you're asking how things are in boston Mm -hmm. you know i mean the, the big elephant in the room is obviously covid and whatnot so um but yeah no uh life's been great um, I'm blessed that I'm able to do well. Um, I'm still I've still been able to work uh, throughout this, and uh, but yeah, things are picking back up again. Uh, there's there's signs of all the local MMA shows starting to pick up again. Hopefully, um, you know, jujitsu tournaments here and, and and Muay Thai and boxing stuff is starting to pick up again. Uh, so April, I think, you know, at least in the northeast of, northeast of the United States, which is where you know a lot of uh, MMA and stuff would happen for people who live in Boston or train in Boston um, where all that goes on. That's starting to pick up now. So, yeah, I mean, life's great. Um, just glad we're on the other end of this, at least over here, like I said. I didn't mean to rub that in about being no, no, no. no, you know what? I'm always happy for people who are, you know, actually been able to live some form of normality of a life. Well, so. when I, again, like I said, when I say that, it, it also comes out of a place of a little bit of anger because I, 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 I feel what's going on over there. You know, I have my parents, my brother in Ireland, um, a lot of my friends and you know it's kind of infuriating infuriating you know when i see that and um you know that that's that's kind of where i was coming from i was that that comment was a little bit more towards the kind of i, I feel that annoyance you know from people don't oh, worry next time, next time we come that. over you can hit, hit ross with the egg just to let that out you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm only messing. But like Tom, like uh, I, I just said it off air. Like um, it was Paddy's Day last week, right? And um, myself and Ross, we have we plan out stuff like a couple of times, a couple of months in advance. And we were like, right, St. Patrick's Day, we get Tom on, perfect. It was just like a match made in uh, Irish folklore heaven. And then like, okay. obviously, obviously things like we we knew this would be like a sort of a longer form chat rather than like a just in and out job. So we we're like, here, look, we want this to be like good, proper, sort of chilled out, good bit of crack. Because even myself and Ross, I know COVID's been here basically a year now, but like ever since like COVID came, we went hell for leather with uh, getting more and more guests on. And then like even on UFC 259, we were we were featured on the UFC 259 countdown video. So like we're yeah, so like we're we're just like grinding. We're just uh, um, we're just making the most of like uh, tough times, you know. That's the way you got to do it. Look, you know, when you have something that you can put your mind to and keep you busy, that's what's so important with this. And, and, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine there in Ireland, uh, an MMA fighter there, Keen Kelly. We were talking back and forth yesterday. Been on the show. Just, what's that? He's been on the show. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, shout out to Ken. Uh, yeah, we were just going back and forth yesterday and just, you know, we were just kind of saying how thankful we are to have um, the outlets that we have and, 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 you know, the outlets of martial arts giving us that mentality, that, that, that kind of like, you know, never give up mentality just to kind of hang in there versus a lot of people don't have it. And um, it's very apparent now. And I see it through social media and talking to my friends and whatnot in Ireland on the ground there. And, you know, people are suffering mentally and, and emotionally. And, you know, I feel for people in Ireland, it's, it's tough. But, um, but going back on what, uh, what you said there, uh, Barry, wasn't it about having something that you can, you know, do? And, and the fact that you guys had this project to get people on, get going. And it's obviously grown. You know, I've, I've heard these are pretty big now and popular over there. So, um, you know. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Anything it's all Ross. Mind. It's all Ross, man. It's not going to be uh, anything. Anything. Anything to put your mind. Well, I mean, you know, obviously the whole setup is have is popular, but the anything to kind of put your mind to. But I feel for people who don't have any of those outlets mm. and who are kind of you know suffering right now without the um, without normal life at their at their disposal, you know. Yeah, I think the hardest thing Ross has been like we used to be in Ross's couch every Monday, and then we used to train with each other like a, a, a lot as well. And now, like anytime we see each other in real life, it's sort of weird. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, what's called it's weird because when we see each other in real life, it's like it's like oh, how are you getting on? But it feels like you like we talk nearly every day, and like you know, we see each other virtually every Monday minimum. And then you know when you see each other in real life, it's, it's, it's almost strange to hang out because we're not like connecting through a device. Yeah, um, and I, I'm I sure a lot of people feel that. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I have a few friends who you know I train with all the time, but like we don't hang out outside. Of that, and we might talk. I've got, I was joking about it the other day. A buddy of mine who I do jujitsu with, I'm gonna see him in the gym, but I never see him in the social settings, you know, I never see him at the bar or we never go out or whatever. But like sometimes we might talk on the phone for like an hour, but then I've got friends who I would never ever spend that amount of time on the phone with, but then I go to the bar with them. It's weird how that works, you know. That's that's actually so true. It's it's made everyone sort of like reassess their lives. Like, I remember I had to like sit down and reassess everything, and I was just like what do I want to do with my life? And I was like, I just want to make long like content with my best mate and just have people on interesting people mm. on just help grow everyone's sort of platforms. But mm. like Tom, like obviously like you're like, like you're, you're, you're going to probably get your own statue in, in Ireland that, like for being like, like the first person to go into UFC, like the real, like the amount of people that are now MMA fighters or uh, practicing any form of mixed martial arts is unbelievable. Like myself and Ross are seeing this explosion come and it's just, it's like, it's actually unfathomable. But like Tom, like you obviously, you made your debut in uh, on July 28th, 2007. And then like you went on a four or five win streak and then you went on, you were then on UFC Dublin, uh, UFC 53. Uh, 93. I'm sorry, excuse me. UFC 93 is being headlined by uh, Rich Franklin and um, Dan Henderson. <laughs> on January 17, 2009. Tom, like, when you got that call, like, what was that like? Because you were the first person to ever feel that call from Ireland. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't even explain it. Like you said, yeah, no, you look, you're, a bit, you're, you look a bit stuck. You're, you're throwing the dates out there, and it is mad that, like, you know, I made, like, my, my pro debut on July 28th, uh, was it 2007? And then, I mean, that's... Less than two years later, I'm fighting in the UFC. That's bizarre. You know, I'm, oh, sorry, a little over, a little over two years later. Yeah, Joey said, so, no, no, less. What no, less than two years. About one and a half. Less years. than two years later, I'm, I'm on like UFC 93, and, and I'll never forget the press conference. Um, it was also the first preliminary 
uh, fight that was um, put on the press conference uh, ever, which is really cool. Um, so there's another little bit of history there uh, that I managed to get. But I'm sitting on, I'm sitting at the press conference and I'm looking over, and it's literally like Marcus Davis, uh, Shogun, and then Dan or uh, Dan Henderson, and then Mark on the other side, you've got Rich Franklin, Mark Coleman, Chris Lytle, and then fucking imagine uh, Barry Dennis Seaver as well, Tom. You would uh, you would cross paths again. Dennis Seaver was yeah on the card, but not at the press conference. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, sorry. But uh, yeah, I'm just talking about the big. Let, let, let him tell a story, Basman. We're getting a bit carried away here, Ross. It's anyway, not every day we have a legend. But, yourself, uh, Ross, yeah, actually. no, thanks for that. No, but yeah, I'm sitting at that press conference. I'm looking over and I'm like, holy shit. Am I not swear on this man? Sorry. Yeah, you can say whatever you want. I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck's going on here? And uh, I see my buddy Tommy Lakes, um, a good friend of mine who you know started. He he was the one who started filming all my fights and stuff like that when I started fighting. And I'm looking over and he's taking photos of me and I'm just kind of like, like that. And I'm in my mind and I still have that photo and you just see all these guys sitting here. It was really bizarre. But what did I feel? Uh, I can't really explain it. It's, it's actually a bizarre story how I found out uh, that I was going to be fighting in UFC. And um, what that story, how that went was I was supposed to fight. Um, Jesus Christ. I forget his name. Um, uh, he also fought in UFC from Donegal. Uh, very Joe, good Duffy, Duffy. Joe Duffy. So I was supposed to fight Joe Duffy in, I, I had fought in September of 2008, won in the, I, I got, a, I won in this after the second round. Um, I'm going blank on the names of these lads. Uh, then Johnny uh, Shields, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny Shields, uh, a very respected guy. That was a good win for me at the time. So he was I, a vet uh, at the time of around the yeah, country, wasn't he? Was he was a veteran at the time. He'd been there. He'd refereed. He'd done a bunch of stuff, but um, so I fought him September one and then i was supposed to fight october i believe it was late october early november 2008 against joe duffy and it was a really bizarre um you know set of events i i we showed to the venue uh josie murray was running the show at the time who was known to be a little little dodgy at the time you know you know a little kind of i don't know funky or whatever i suppose you could call it but we show up to the thing and the weight was supposed to be at 170 or um What's that in kilo? 77. And, you know, we the way we did it was the day before I weighed in in SBG at 77 kilo. And Joe Duffy weighed in uh, up where I believe the fight was in Newry or something like that. He weighed in there and that was supposed to be the way it was going to go. And we just it was kind of like on the honor system, take a photo or video, the date, the time, whatever. All right, it's that way. Cool. So I show up. And when Old we, show up, we show up the day before, or sorry, we show up on the day of the fight, right? On the day of the fight. So we weigh in the day before, we, we send each other pictures and videos. All right, no worries. Show up. And Joe Duffy was a very good fighter at the time as well. You know, I mean, obviously, look at what he look at what he accomplished. So I show up to the event on the day, and they wanted to do like a, a weigh-in uh, like a like a weigh-in thing. So John's like, oh, they probably just want to do it for PR, get a picture of his face and all so they can show it on the big screen because we were the main event uh, me and joe duffy of this this event so i get there and we walk in and all of a sudden i'm stripping down i'm on the scales but you know on the day of the fight so i'm i'm 81 or i'm 82 kilos now versus 77 kilo you know i'm 82 kilo and uh joe duffy steps on the scales and he's like 80 or 81 kilo and i'm standing there and i'm like i'm like are we posing or like you know and, and everything's kind of really weird and then um Next thing you know, I'm finding myself getting changed and I'm still kind of standing there. Like in my mind, I'm psyched up, fucking ready to go, you know, like I'm ready to go. And uh, 
Josie Murray comes up to me and John Cavanagh and goes, uh, he goes, uh, Tom's a bit heavy, isn't he? And John Cavanagh's like, uh, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, geez, he's, he's a bit heavy. You think he could lose a kilo? And John Cavanagh goes, it's fucking fight day. What are you talking about? And he goes, ah, geez, you know, he, he just seems to be a bit heavy. And I was looking over, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm looking over at uh, Joe Duffy and his guys, and they're just kind of sitting there. They're not, and I'm like, I'm kind of like, what the fuck's going on here? So I, I didn't like, I didn't like call them over, but I was kind of looking over, and I'm like, is this, is this like, what did you send him over? Like, what's going on right now? Because I guess Joe Duffy was was Josie Murray's nephew or some shit like that. I don't know. So I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? So um, jo- uh, uh, John Kevin is like, yeah, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. He goes, ah, he could he could lose a kilo. And John Kevin's like, he's going to be fighting in a few hours. I'm not going to have my fighter lose a kilo. Number one, that's just not how it goes. And number two, that that's like that could be detrimental to his health because you know when you when you dehydrate on the day and you fight, like blows to the head are all of a sudden have have more more effect on you because a dehydrated brain, you know, can take you know uh, gets uh, damaged quicker and easier. And uh, and more long term effects. So John Cavanaugh was like, "Look, like I don't know what you're trying to do here. We're here to fight. We weighed in. You know, your boy is like not even uh, on weight. I don't even know what you're trying to get from us right now. So we're ready to fight. So we go back to the hotel. And I'm like starving. So we go to eat. A, you know, a little like a carvery lunch or whatever it is. Uh, you know the way they do in some old pubs and whatnot. Sitting <laughs> there." And get me meat, potatoes, and veggies, and I'm like, right, fucking, I'm just, I'm like shaking my head. I'm like, come on, we're, we're going here. They're like, you know, you know, when you start getting these, like, um, when you start getting these little interruptions when you're when you're on game game mode, mm. game phase, it starts to fuck with you a little bit. You're like, you know, come on, you're still going, you're still going, because you like when everything's going smooth, because then you got that normal like build up, climax, fight, and then boom. But when you're building up and you get these little, oh, the fight might not happen. You're like this, you're like this, and it's, you got to keep your mind straight. I couldn't picture it to be so, honest. We get back to the hotel and we're eating the dinner and I'm like, I'm like, what? we're all trying to be like, what the fuck's going on? All right, whatever. So John goes, it, we got there early as well. So it was around one or 2 PM and the show wasn't starting until like maybe six or seven. So John's like, look, you have a couple hours, go to your room, do what you got to do, nap, stretch, whatever you want. Your fight. John said to me, he goes, you're fucking fighting. Keep that in your head. I was like, yep, yep. No bother. So upstairs, went to my hotel room, laying down, and you know you're sitting there going, "Oh, the fuck!" You know, trying to get trying to get my head in the zone. John Kevin knocks on the door, comes in, and he goes, "They're not fighting." I was like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, they're pulling out of the fight." He he, for whatever reason, um, doesn't doesn't like that you're like your boxes are too heavy, which is unbelievable. You know, John Kevin was just like almost making a joke out of it, and then he goes but you're fighting UFC 93 in Dublin in January. And I was just like, what? And he just goes, yeah, we're doing it. And I just kind of grabbed him and suplexed him on the bed. And I was like, <laughs> fucking joking me. <laughs> so it was a kind of like a bittersweet moment. Um, I wasn't going to get to go out there and fight. Uh, in hindsight, that fight would have been great for me. It would have would really given me some, you know, even though, you know, I, 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 yeah, I didn't fight and I didn't maybe get any potential injuries that, could have led to me not even getting to go to the UFC 93. But in hindsight, that fight could have given me a little bit more, would have made me a little bit more battle-hardened for UFC 93 itself, and, and given the fact that, that Joe was a very tough guy at the time. So um, 
So that's how I found out about it. And then and then the the fucked up thing is, right? So I go to the show. I'm not fighting. It's really weird. I'm going there now to support the other lads who would come up who are fighting. Forgive me, I forget the 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 people who were on the car with me from SBG. And we go up there and I'm sitting in the crowd. And in the weigh-ins, I'm oh, sorry, not the weigh-ins, like I'm sorry, the, the meeting out back, you know, there's always like a little meeting out back, the rules meeting and all that kind of stuff. Josie Murray comes out and goes, So the main event has been cancelled. Uh, Tom Egan didn't make weight. And uh, so the main event's been cancelled. And I'm like, what the f-? And John Cavanaugh, you can just see fucking fucking fumes coming out of his head. And he didn't say anything there. And then he just said, when John gets really mad, he just starts smiling and these fucking veins start coming out of his head. <laughs> I think I've seen so, it once or twice, uh, actually, now that you mentioned that. Like, John doesn't flip the table, like, you know, and go on a mad one. John just kind of sits there, smiles, and just his eyes start to protrude from his face and veins start coming out of his head. So, um... John just goes, I'll be back in a minute. And I, I don't know what happened, but I guess he went off and I guess he gave fucking Josie Murray a mouthful somewhere off in the back. Um, so he comes back and he goes, all right, and big smile on his head, the veins. And he goes, Tom, if you want, you can fuck off into the crowd and just chill out. And I, I was like, you know, thinking, right, I'm going to be a fucking UFC fighter, but this, this, this whole thing is a load of bollocks. So I go out, right? And the, the show is a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. The matchups are ridiculous. Uh, the refereeing was god awful. Uh, one guy, it looked like he was going to die in there, and the ref wasn't stopping. It just—it was just a brutal event. Um, and then, and then the co-main event comes along. I want to say Ash Daly was fighting on that card. I, yeah, I want to say Ash Daly was fighting on the card as well. Co-main event comes on. I, th- I think maybe she got pu- pushed up to main event, but before the main event or the co-main event comes on, I just remember Josie Murray getting in the middle of the ring making this whole big lousy speech and then saying, yeah, so the main event isn't on because my Joe didn't get to fight Tommy Egan because he missed weight and all this. And I'm like, what this fucking motherfucker? What? Who is this guy? Um, And yeah, it was like, it was just really bizarre. And then, uh, so I tried to just kind of let it go. And, and, then, um, and, then, and then by the time I got home that week, I was like into training camp. And what was it like walking out in the O2 at the time, obviously, is three arena now to a home Dublin crowd being the first ever Irish man to fight in the UFC. What was that like? It was unbelievable. But if I'm going to be honest, I never thought of any of that stuff. And like, I would just said to myself, right, you're going to fucking fight here. Just get out here and get do what needs to be done. Just block out everything. I actually felt, I remember saying after the fight as well, and even in the moment, I actually felt more relaxed, if not kind of, you know, um, you know, kind of a little, it was kind of suspect how relaxed I was uh, in the moment. I just kind of was just going with it, having, having, having the crack, doing what I needed to do. But I just kept telling myself, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't building up the history and I wasn't building up in the significance of what was going on in my head. I was just like, Tom, you're going out here to do what you do all the time. Just get out and get the job done. So I felt pretty confident. Um, and if you're re-watching, you look when Bruce Buffer's calling me, you can kind of see I'm very relaxed in my face. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I, I still felt pretty good, but maybe I was a little too relaxed in hindsight. But um, and then fucking John Hadway comes out, then he's like he was like a bear. Uh, it was like fighting a bear. And uh, well, in so fairness, anyway, he, he was he's a bit of a strange character because he went like 17 no or 17 and two in his in his career, and like in 2014 he lost to um Dong Young. Yeah, out Shanghai, I think it was. And then like in 2014 and hasn't fought since. 
So like, I don't know what he's happened. In, to him where, like, he's, he's inactive on everything. Like, we've briefly had a little back and forth here throughout the years. Just kind of, he's a very nice guy. He's a, he's a mm. great man, and uh, but we've had little exchanges here back and forth. Actually, funny enough, uh, friends of my family are good friends with friends of his family. You know, we're I don't know, it's mm. through golf and whatnot. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've never really heard too much about. Him. But what, an interesting story behind. Uh, another uh, 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 kind of fun story. Uh, don't mind the noise in the background. My dog's just trying to scratch oh, out his bed. Um, but uh, another funny story behind the whole UFC double thing, which again, I'm not saying that this uh, contributed to the reasons why UFC ended up in Dublin. But I was I was at UFC Belfast, and um, John Cavanaugh was cornering Rory Singer at the time, who was uh, on the Ultimate Fighter, and uh, and it just so happened that. Uh, the the friends of my family who actually know John Hathaway's uh, family, one friend of mine, uh, um, Dwyer McCauley's name is a great man. Uh, he was working for Satanta Sports at the time, and they obviously got the coverage uh, for the UFC fights. And um, so when they got that contract, they were getting given tickets to go to the fights and the events. So he would just turn around to me and say, "Here, Tom, I'm not going to make it here. Here's here's a couple of VIP seats. Go take you and your friends." That's actually how McGregor ended up getting that photo with Chuck Liddell. You know that photo with Chuck Liddell yeah. that he has with the only I took that photo. That was at UFC London. I brought McGregor to one of the events there. I forget who was fighting on that. Uh, we actually met the Diaz brothers at that event, which is another really bizarre story I'll share with you. After. That would have yeah. been an epic photo. Imagine you had uh, <laughs> like the Chuck Liddell McGregor one if it was him and Diaz. That would have been so funny. Well, the, the, yeah, we, we, we bumped into it. was a really bizarre kind of encounter because the Diaz brothers were kind of just walking around the crowd and Connor spotted them out. And um, and we went up and said hello to them, and uh, uh, but Connor was real standoffish. I was the one chatting to them, and it was really it was a really weird interaction. And then to think that years later they'd actually be fucking having this whole thing. But uh, so UFC Belfast, I'm sitting there, and uh, Rampage Jackson had just knocked out Chuck Liddell, won the light heavyweight title. Forrest Griffin was fighting on the card, and then it was I believe it was Yushin Okami versus Rich Franklin was the main event in Belfast, and. Um, and they brought Randy Couture over because Randy Couture, I think, had just beaten Tim Sylvia. And uh, he was like a god at the time. And so after the fights, you know, I'm talking to John Cameron. John's like, right, well, you know, back then the UFC used to have uh, their after parties in like the hotel venues, uh, you know, in the lobby of the hotel or the, the, the foyer or whatever, or the bar, the, the hotel bar or where everybody stayed. And unlike now, obviously, fighters have their own sponsors and they do their own shows and clubs yeah. or their own after parties and clubs and whatnot. So went to this after party and it was a mad scene. You had like Forrest Griffin, Hodger Gracie was there, uh, you know, Rampage Jackson, Dana, the Fatita brothers, Joe Rogan, Eddie Bravo, fucking, I mean, it was like a who's who there. Randy Couture was walking around. It was just bizarre. It was like uh, fucking, I'll never, I'll never forget, I walked in the bar with my buddy Brian Fury. Shout out to Brian. Brian's a great man. We walked into the bar and fucking, because we had bumped into Bruce Buffer at the, sh- at the show. And he goes, boys, you made it. Come on in. And he brought us to the bar and grabbed us a drink. It was mad. So, like, at one point of the night, I'm in this little circle. And we're all, shit, we're all kind of half shit-faced. It's me and my buddy Brian, Rampage, uh, Eddie Bravo, Joe Rogan, and there was one other <laughs> person there. John Cavan. Oh, no. John Cavan wasn't in the circle, but he was kind of off to the side. Rolling around on the ground, as John usually does when he's drunk, right? Um, so, we're in this little circle. And Joe Rogan and Eddie Bravo are high as fuck. They're going in and out of the of the bar smoking hash, right? Because they were trying to get fucking their little their little dose, you know, for the night. 
So, but it, but this is halfway through the night. Say, say half two or three in the morning, this little circle we're having right now. And Joe Rogan's like, you know, asking me questions about Ireland and MMA. And oh, hold on one second. Yeah, for it, for it. So, um, yeah, it's half three in the morning, we're in this little circle. And uh, Joe Rogan's asking me about Irish MMA and all this kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and I'm like, look, listen, I'm like, Belfast is great and all. But I said, it, it's it's not it's not really Ireland. I said, you just need to come down. To, and that's nothing against my Belfast. I fucking love Belfast. And I love the North. I just said to them, I said, if you just want to get the real fucking crazy shit going, you got to come down to Dublin. And Joe Rogan's like kind of high. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, Eddie, you hearing this? And Eddie's like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you've got to come down to Dublin. And I started dropping names like Ashley Daly. I dropped McGregor's name. I started dropping... Chris Fields, Carl Pendred. I was like, we got a fucking whole host of lads down there. You should come down to Dublin. And I shit you not, in that moment, Dana and Lorenzo and Frank Fertitta were, were squeezing by. They were like trying to, you know, go out. I, I guess they, they were finishing out the night. And Joe just grabs Dana and goes, Dana, 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 come here. Listen to this, listen to this. Dana kind of leans big fat head and, and uh, he's like, what's up? And uh, I grabbed John. John, get over here. And John, John had been rolling around the ground. I said, you've got to come to Dublin for MMA or for the UFC. And John's like, yep, yep, listen to this guy. Like, John's funny when he's drunk. And, uh, and Dan was like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you got to come to Dublin. I said, Belfast is great, but the roof will blow up if you come to Dublin. And Dan was like, all right, yeah, yeah, we'll think about it. You, you, hear, you hear that, uh, Frank? And Frank's like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And, and then they went off. But it's just so funny that I ended up fighting on that card after telling them that it was bizarre. That is absolutely insane. That I don't think I've heard a story like that, I think that's one of the best stories I've ever heard. So that's honest. that's almost like that kind of whole concept of, you know, what did McGregor used to say? Uh, fucking perceive, conceive, achieve, or whatever the fuck he said. Uh, the whole, but, uh, know, was that not Rockhold, no? I think that was Luke Rockhold, was it? Conceive, well, Luke Rockhold said and it, then he goes, shut the fuck McGregor's up. thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael Bisping was making fun of him for it, but yeah. McGregor used to go on about that as well. But there's, some, yeah. there's obviously truth that you, you project yeah. what you really want. And you visualize it and you go for it. Because at the time, obviously, in my mind, I was like, I'm the fucking guy. I'm the fucking guy. That's what I was saying to myself the whole time. Every time I was fighting, every time I was in the gym, I was like, I'm the fucking guy. And sure enough, and I, you got were the guy. I, I was the guy. And I got the opportunity to tell the, the big wigs at the time, you know, uh, to cut, you know, I basically said, come down to Dublin. And who knows, maybe if it resonated with them or not, maybe, maybe, maybe somewhere. There was like a universal pull saying me just saying that could have had a little trickle. Who knows? But anyways, it's an interesting story that I ended up fighting on that card after having that conversation with Joe Rogan, fucking Rampage, fucking Kavanaugh, uh, the Fertitas. It was a mad L scene, to be honest. And, and Tom, obviously, at UFC 93, obviously it didn't go your way. But didn't you have a four fight deal? What happened there? So, um, well, kind of much like what just happened recently when they cut Alice Overeem and they cut um, Junior, Junior DeSantos and, and they cut like a whole host of guys that, you know, we wouldn't have heard of it. They cut my friend, uh, another friend of mine who, who, who fights out of Boston here. And, um, you know, there was a whole host of fighters that had, you know, a, a losing record that they got cut that, you know, we all maybe wouldn't have heard of that fought on the prelims or fought on the undercars or whatever. Yeah. Um, so... Um, you know, UFC does that over time. I, I've seen a trend of them doing that. They'll they'll uh, sign, 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 sign. 
if not imposed through, you know, to trying to get the next superstar, so to speak, or maybe, you know, they catch somebody mm-hmm. who they never would have heard of, like a McGregor or, or, or you know, whoever. Um, and then over time, they'll be like, all right, yeah, you know, they'll cut and then they'll go on. And it usually always happens through certain transitions. I do know they're transitioning out of Reebok soon enough and they're mm-hmm. going to be going into the whole Venom thing. Venom. And, and they're probably doing a whole, a whole bunch of different um, things. It, at my time, um, they were cutting guys and they were absorbing some of the, some of the WEC guys that they had just they, they had uh, they had bought and they had taken over and I believe they had bought Pride at the time as well or they had event or Pride had eventually dissolved and they were buying in those guys so you know they were making cuts to make room for the roster and whatnot so I noticed the trend with the UFC that they do that so in my case yes I signed a four fight deal um, but I just didn't make the cut when it came down to them saying all right who are we keeping who are we getting rid of here and you know it's just it is what it is. Uh, does that mean you only got paid for the one fight or did they pay you anything extra? Yes. For so, well, the they'll pay, they, they pay you per fight pretty much okay. the way they would do it. Yeah. They wouldn't give you like, it's not like, you know, soccer or the NFL mm. or, or basketball. We, you, you get paid, mm. you know, some money out front of your contract. Pay per play, play, basically. That's what you're yeah, on. If you don't show up to work, you don't get paid. That's the way they work. No, that's absolutely fair enough. And I, I suppose maybe we'll fast forward a couple of years. Um, obviously, 2014, Conor McGregor came in and like took the UFC by storm, and then you sort of linked back up with him for the Dennis Eaver fight, if I'm not mistaken. And um, when he came to Boston, what was that like? Or you know, were you linking back up with him before that? Well, actually, the first time I linked back up with him was um, was Max Holloway. Was, was for Max Holloway. Yeah, it was in his corner oh, for Max Holloway. Uh, but but we kind of. We had kind of been in contact through Facebook and stuff again. And then, you know, with his rise throughout, um, what was the Cage Warriors at the time? And I was competing as well. He was competing. And um, and then, yeah, um, after his UFC debut, I was back in Ireland at the time. And we ended up doing a bit of training together, a bit of sparring together. Um, and then, yeah, then, then he was set to fight Max Holloway. And then he just announced on on fucking Ariel Hawani that I was going to be in his corner. I was like, well, I didn't even fucking know that. All right. So then I got a message from then I got a message from Kavanaugh and um, Connor like the next day or or the following few days saying, oh, you know, can you be in the corner? And yeah, when he came here, I looked after him. I had I had like local restaurants cooking for him. I had him all set up and like you know, I got him pretty much got him anything he wanted when he was here. That, uh, I always remember the scene you uh, with Connor on your back, and then he's like, like you're like uh, he's pretending you're a horse and you're running through the courtyard into like yeah 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 yeah. So that was actually for, that was for the Seaver fight. Well, that was for the Seaver, was it? But it was so just, that was um, that was like yeah, that was 2015. That was for the Seaver fight, and yeah, because at the time those gypsy call out videos <laughs> were, were getting pretty funny, and and uh, you know your man calling a- sign me and sign yeah. me and fucking uh, Big Joe uh, uh, Joe Joyce. Junior, I think his name. Oh, what was his name? Yeah, Joe Joyce. Yeah, yeah, one of the Joe Joyce, whatever. But uh, yeah, so we were we were always making fun of that in the in the gym during the camp. So uh, <laughs> I was like, I was carrying him on his back. He was like, "Oh, go on, sign me, go on, sign me." And I'm yeah. like, like I, I always remember those times, especially because like that's when everyone was just really just like, "Well, what is going on here?" But like. Like and then like obviously you needed to say like Connor went on and they made a movie and they what like when when you sort of watched that movie did you like th- like all the old times just just like the, just the floods of memories just go through because that was a special special time not only just for like Connor himself but like Irish MMA as well. Like. 
and even Ireland as well. I do remember, you know, you know, people in Ireland. I remember watching even just business owners and, and you know, young entrepreneurs in Ireland, you know, having that extra little bit of confidence saying, fuck it. You know, I just felt like everybody at the time, there was a good, um, there was a good energy in the air with, with, with people in Ireland at that time. Um, you know, watching this guy come up and, 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 you know, people saying, Oh, you know, that's a cool story and getting inspired and watching this guy saying, fuck it. I'm going to go and attack the world and I'm going to get it done. And, uh, yeah, it was a really, really unbelievable time, but yeah, no, watching the movie definitely has, uh, um, a movie. Can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, in, it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, and Tom, do you have a favorite Conor McGregor moment? A favorite Conor McGregor moment? Uh, was it that courtyard one? Uh, my favorite Conor McGregor moment for me personally? Jeez, I don't know. There's so many of them. Fucking. That's an interesting one. I love the one where we were talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was fucking brilliant. We're in the Mac Mansion when he showed up. That was that was unbelievable. I was I was I was I was sitting there with my phone. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger had just FaceTimed my brother. He had sent Snapchats out to my friend. He was a bodybuilder in Ireland. He was like such a good man, like to talk to. Like he's like zoned in on you when he's mm. talking to you. But like he had just FaceTimed my brother. He had just sent all these Snapchats for me. And now I'm like, here, listen, I really want to show you my back squat. Can you critique my back squat? <laughs> <laughs> so I put up a video of my back squat. And that was right when Connor got done with his um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's girlfriend at the time or the his partner who he was seeing. I think they're still together. Uh, she was Connor's physiotherapist, so she came over and she was, or so he came over after his little consultation with his little mug, and he's like looking, and he goes, ah, "I knew you'd be showing him something like this," and and there's just like a funny photo of like Arnold critiquing my back squat with McGregor looking up. It was a mad out. That was that was that was that was pretty much a good time, yeah. Tom, you must be one of the most popular people in Boston with all these stories. Like people must be like, <laughs> "Shh, shh, Tom speaking." <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go around and, and you know, throw these stories. I'll, I'll do it for these little moments, but I wouldn't mm. be going around and, 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 you know, trying to live off it. You know, I just try and live off of what I do and, and how I do it, you know? No, I don't even think you will be, but I, I'm sure any time McGregor comes back around in the McGregor fight, they're like, Tom, tell us another McGregor story there, will you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Tom, could, could you have foreseen this? Because obviously you were in in 2009, we just said, and then Connor didn't make his debut till 2013. So 14. were you surprised? Oh, sorry, 2014. Were you surprised at such a long time for another Irishman to go in? And then also, are you surprised at how big the, the UFC and mixed martial arts got? And even a especially in Ireland? Um, well, I wasn't all that surprised uh, with how, how big the sport had grown in Ireland because I could really feel it after UFC 93, there was just, like I said, there was just a big buzz in the air. And I, I could feel there, there was like, you know, after I had lost and then that's pretty much when I moved over to Boston. It's almost like there was like, and, and then I got cut, obviously. So there was almost like a void there. There was almost like a, like a, like a power vacuum. Like, you know, there was a race to the top, so to speak. I could feel it. And you could see it as well in the gyms. All of a sudden, the work ethic, you know, improved a lot more. Whenever I'd go home and do a bit of training with some guys, I just noticed it was like a work ethic. It was an energy there that people were like really wanting to get on this, having seen somebody like me come up and, and do it. Um, so it was just amazing, uh, you know, seeing that energy and feeling it. But um, but no, I wasn't all that surprised uh, to, 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 to see that growth because I could feel it and I could see it, like I said. Um, and then regarding like the length of time that went by that it was just a, a necessary amount of time. What's yeah. up? So, it's just my dog here. Uh, it was just a necessary amount of time 
um, that needed to go by for the sake, you know, for for the right amount of errors to, to happen, for some wins, some losses, to learn from all these things. So, um, yeah, what was it, five years before another Irishman went into the UFC? I mean, that's a perfect amount of time, in my opinion. So, and it was actually a very, very good time to come in on it as well because the UFC was growing and there was a lot more, you know, the UFC was willing to put a little bit more, um, more effort into these other guys that were coming up, you know? Yeah, just a couple of more things for myself before I let you go, Tom. Uh, yeah. that, dog, that dog sounds hungry. I'm going to joke him. No, he's um, not hungry. He's, actually, he's just sitting here and wants you. Can you show us him? Can you show us him? Look at that oh, face. He's gorgeous. Look at that face. Cisco, say what's up. He hates the phone. Whenever Look, you, have I have the UC, the phone. you have the UC uh, cup as well and everything. But Tom, uh, like, yeah. it, it's amazing how like you inspired the man that's inspired uh, like millions of people across the world. Like myself and Ross, like obviously seeing Connor coming through he was the first ever person to walk the walk and talk to talk and walk the walk and like he's definitely inspired our, like our determination to keep putting out content and have the crack and have people on and listen to their stories but like um, that's it's just uh, unbelievable stuff but like looking at the sort of Irish MMA scene now like have you been keep like who have you been keeping an eye on or like who sort of excites you like who gets you who gets you uh, off your seat uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I, I haven't been the best. I'm, I'm usually I'm pretty bad at like keeping up with stuff. Even with the UFC, like people are like, oh, you hear so and so, and I'm like, ah, I haven't really like because it's not that I don't have the interest. Uh, when the names pop up or I get to watch these guys, I love it. Um, but um, you know, um, you know, yeah. Forgive me. I, I don't know names right off the bat, but I, I do see like I, I know like uh, Chris Fields and Tom King have a killer gym. They've got a, yes. great, a great bunch of guys. I, I, that kind of gym stands out to me right now. I'll be, I'll be excited to watch when things open up again to watch that gym uh, thrive because I know they have a lot of good guys. Obviously, SBG guys as well. Um, I, no names in particular, I suppose, but like, you know, certain gyms, I can see certain gyms are building up some good good fighters and, and good caliber of guys. Uh, guys are getting more well-rounded. And I'm obviously always there telling these guys, like because I'm friends with, obviously, Kevin is guys I'm friends with, you know, Fields and Kings guys. Um and I'm always like, look, you want to send boys out, get them away, send them out to Boston. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a there's a slew of guys out here, good guys out here that, that we can get you going. I mean, there's a lot of lot of Boston guys who made it to the UFC. Yeah, well, Calvin so Cotter and Rob Font are out there at the moment, aren't they? Calvin Cater, Rob Font. Uh, you know, you have Mike Rodriguez, another good friend of mine. Charles Rosa. Charles Rosa is out here. I'm not, I'm not too friendly with Charles, but we know each other. I know Rob Font and Calvin Cater very well. Um, yeah, so there's a whole bunch of different guys who've been out here. Uh, Randy Costa is another one. He's in there. He, he's great. He, I mean, he's down in Florida right now, but um, he always comes back and forth. But, uh, um, you know, Peter Barrett, you know, he, he just got cut, but he's another one who's up there as well. Um, so there's a whole bunch of lads out here. So I'm always like, I'm always telling boys, look, if you need the help or you need to send anybody out, you know, we could do with the work. And, you know, I like to keep that good bridge going back and forth. They all know that they can come out here. Ross, uh, Ross, tell Tom about like what sort of how the Irish landscape sort of was, what it, what it felt like over here, and also who who you think he, Tom should definitely look out for. Well, I think we're on the verge, on on the cusp of the next wave. Um, you know, Cage Warriors doing incredible things. The guys are doing incredible things. Bellator and Brave now as well. Um, obviously from Team KF, you have Ian Gary who uh, won a Cage Warriors the weekend. Um, Paul Hughes is another one in the featherweight division. Um, he's one to look out for. But then there's like a whole host of like clan wars and cage legacies and all the local local fight shows that are really yeah. giving these guys a platform to compete and mm-hmm. to really grow as a platform. And then obviously, you know, 
SBG and Bellator are so well linked with, you know, James Gallagher, Kiefer Crosby, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this wave of talent comes on. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on it as best I can. Um, I mean, in terms of fighters in general, who I have my eye on now, did you see that kid? Um, um, was that Alex Hernandez? Um, oh, Anthony yeah. Hernandez. Sorry. He fought. Uh, Flo- there, fluffy. Uh, What's that? Is it fluffy? Yeah, he fought that Brazilian. That that beast. He there. choked like, out <laughs> that jujitsu guy. Dude, did you see that fight? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, fucking unbelievable. That that for me was the that was one of the best fights I've seen in t- in in recent times. Like I was like, I, I I was jumping around the room rooting for this underdog, and I was like, holy shit, this is unbelievable. And he, ta- he, he made him tap as well, which is like almost but like it was unheard. Just, of. It was just amazing yeah. watching. Uh, that that's the definition of a fighter. You're up against yeah. it. You're getting tossed around the ring. You don't give up. You're in. He was in horrendous positions. One of the toughest guys in the world, like like a multiple world champion oh. uh, jujitsu player. I think seventeen times, I think it was. I was like, I was like, fucking hell! I was like, they yeah. do the world seventeen times. <laughs> it was just, a, it was just amazing. Yeah, exactly. It was just amazing watching a guy break down this this other guy who 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 you know. So I guarantee, he probably had the mindset because I know uh, Anthony Hernandez had that took that fight like last mm-hmm. minute because it was a replacement or something like that, and. Uh, I just, I, I just know that that your man. I, forgive me, I forget that Brazilian guy's name. I think it's like Havalfo Vadero or something. I think it's yeah, yeah. Those names. He probably came in saying, "I'm just going to crush this guy." And all of a sudden, when the kid's getting back up and he's not submitting and he's getting back in his face, oh my god! I was, I was like, that was very inspirational now for me. I have to say. Yeah, Rodolfo. Well, I suppose Pierre. that's a really Irish thing, isn't it? It's, it's you know the underdog story, but um, yeah, I think um, that sort of is almost like the most Irish thing of all time to, to root for the underdog. And I feel like in a lot of things, we are the underdog. So I think, right. you know, we all relate to that. Um, Basno, do you have any last questions for Tom? Yeah, Tom, like, um, obviously you're following your stuff online as well. You're extremely funny and you you, you like to put yourself out there. It's pretty good. It's, it, you sort of remind me, Joe, you remind me a bit of, right? Don't show the guy on uh, Times Square, the guy with the long hair and the cowboy. You're like the boss, <laughs> the Bostonian version of that with the hair yeah, and everything, the, uh, and even the, the beard. The naked cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're extremely funny and, and, like, people should definitely follow you. We'll let you plug yourself in a sec now. I just wanted to say that, like, um, no, like it's it, like we, we do really appreciate coming on, and it was it was it, like we thought it was going to be ideal for Paddy's Day, but we wanted to give yeah. it a longer form format. But like obviously, uh, when the world reopens a bit more, myself and Ross will be traveling a bit more around. And like Boston is one place I'd love to go. I think Ross, you've been there before, haven't you? Yeah, I, I have been. It's an absolutely beautiful place. I even went to Salem as well, uh, yeah. where they did the witch trial. So it, it it is definitely a cool spot, and we'd love to get there for a fight night as well. Yeah, and then Tom, we'd love to have you on in the build up to Connor's next fight as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. When is that next fight supposed to happen? Oh, I to think it's happen? minimum July now. I think they're looking at UFC 264 at the earliest mm. now. Mm. Yeah, hey, look, listen, thanks a million for having me on, fellas. I, I, it's a real honor to get on with you. And, uh, yeah, I'll be around for that. And, and if you've come to Boston... Love to have you over at the gym, <laughs> show you around, go on out on a night out. Like, you know, yeah, I, maybe I, you I can recommend... critique our back squat. Yeah, <laughs> and point drinking. What's that? I'm point drinking at the same time while doing the squat. Yeah, yeah. Like. Oh man, we'll do, we'll do some serious point drinking, fucking. But uh, yeah, um, I recommend you just get out here in the summertime if you ever get out because it's unbelievable here in the summer. Yeah, yeah. But, no, we uh, don't. Yeah. I don't have that many winter clothes for the winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good, good, perfect, yeah. perfect. Well, like uh, Tom, Tom, for people that want to check out your stuff now, like um, where where do you want to send them? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I, I, I like Instagram. So at Team Egan MMA is what my Instagram is. And then my Twitter handle is at Team e- Egan MMA as well. Uh, I mean, or you can, you know, add me on Facebook, Tom Egan. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always loving to connect with people. I like to respond to people, talk to them, chat to them. And, you know, um, yeah, get me on that. Yeah, I don't understand it, Tom, but like, I, I think you inspired the guy that inspired a generation a generation yeah which is uh yeah, yeah. which is unbelievable you've really you've really done something special on this earth but uh tom I thanks a million for coming on the show we really really appreciate it we will we, definitely have you on again and, and uh, i look forward to yeah. doing it watching ross doing the back squats with you but yeah, uh, ross absolutely. ross anything else to say before we sign off but no guys if you have enjoyed this podcast make sure to like share subscribe and as always stay, stay energized, energized.